0: What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network.
2: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that was told not to think it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Danger zone. I'm your (laughs) host, Aaron Dicer, and that's the only look he's got. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Hello there. (laughs) Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. She'd rather be digested by a Jacko Beast. It's Susan Kamyad, stevens Hi! Thanks for having me back, guys. Thanks for coming back. Always great to have you on the show, Susan. Uh, We've got an exciting one we're going to talk about. Top Gun Maverick, uh, as you may have Caught in the quotes in fun. Uh, also a little bit of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the first two episodes out on Disney+. Plus. A lot of buzz about it, so we thought we'd do a little mini-review of those first two episodes and whether or not we're excited to see it continue. We've got yeah. a Best Ever Challenge with uh, Best Ever Movies Featuring a Plane or Planes. So Plane Movies, P L A. N-E, not p-l-a-i-n uh just uh yeah, just
3: it's not about you know setting a grid pattern to right a flat yes surface. yes yeah. exactly <laughs>
2: uh that we will talk about and of course we'll do some buried treasure as well everybody good everybody feeling good this weekend it's memorial day yeah. weekend yeah. as we record this got any big plans three-day
3: weekend
4: um hanging friends coming over family
3: yeah chill. Swear, you said hanging friends over oh. <laughs> no so, oh, did i no, no. <laughs> you you mixed up you mixed hanging out with friends and having friends <laughs> over so it came out hanging friends <laughs> over hanging friends.
2: <laughs> no not, yeah. gonna not gonna happen not gonna happen yeah uh yeah, we've got uh we're watching people's dogs this weekend while they're away for Memorial Day. So that'll be uh fun, but yeah, we're just going to kind of hang around, watch some stuff, kind of catch up on some TV, see what's, you know, what's good, maybe uh, have some fried chicken. Uh love having fried chicken over Memorial Day uh nice. andrew yeah. you have any memorial day plans traditions anything
3: oh dude i am gonna do so much laundry not
2: <laughs> even funny. i'm gonna do some laundry too so yeah hey yeah. i got my laundry done yesterday uh nice. so now i don't have to do it for like three more weeks right isn't that how it works you do laundry like every three weeks or so something like that. something like that all right. sure. and this
3: is the type of content that people tune in to hear <laughs> uh-huh. all right uh, no i don't really have any memorial day uh, yeah plans or anything yeah. like that maybe i'll Maybe I'll go see like my where my grandpa's laid to rest or something. Like yeah, that. no, it's a so good that's, idea. That's yeah. a bit of a drive. Nice. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's it's is, it is. It is important to remember kind of the point of the holidays, you know. Sometimes too, kind of what we're uh, what we're memorializing and uh, and yeah, I appreciate that quite a bit. Um, well, let's get into it. Let's talk about some movies. Let's, uh, let's review Top Gun Maverick. Captain. Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You were here at the request of Admiral Kazanski, a.k.a. Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine.
1: With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. just want to manage the expectations.
2: After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. (laughs) Uh, An interesting way to look at it. But, yeah, that's where we catch up with Maverick is he is still just trying to fly planes and Mm -hmm. not become any kind of, uh, you know, person Excited about being in leadership. It's uh, not comes... what
3: he is. It's who he is.
2: That's right. Uh, <laughs> this comes to us 36 years, I think, yeah. after Top oh Gun. Yep. Um,
3: oh, gosh. And it kind of picks up where the first yeah, 36, one. 36, because that's your... year. I remember this is one of the movies that came out the year I was born. So
2: There yeah. you go. Um, so, yeah, you've got Miles Teller stepping in as Bradley Bradshaw. Glenn Powell as Hangman. Uh, John Hamm, Ed Harris playing a couple roles in here. Jennifer Connolly playing a role that has a name drop in the original, but we never meet in the original. Um, Penny Benjamin Mm -hmm. and then Val Kilmer making an appearance, a very rare appearance these days, as uh, Iceman. Um, So, yeah, what did you guys think about Top Gun Maverick? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Uh, I'm going to start with Susan. Susan, what did you think?
4: I loved it.
3: Nice! Just yep. a straight solid loved it. Oh, uh, yeah. Andrew, yeah. what about you? No, I'm flying high with Susan. I loved this movie. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, three for three, I loved it as well. Um, Yay! I'm going to say low side of loved it, just so one of you
3: guys can go first. I, I got a question uh, <laughs> before we before we actually get into sure. anything. Sure, yeah. yeah. When was the last time you guys saw the original one?
4: Uh, like, literally three days before I watched the new one because the first time you I wanted the it? refresher. Oh okay. no, it was a refresher. No, 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 I watched it as a kid. The funny thing is I watched it as a kid and I avoided watching it for so rewatching it again for so long because Goose's death mm. in the original traumatized me as a child. Oh like, yeah. I I couldn't bear it. If it was on TV, I'd be like, change it because if I see Goose <clears throat> die, I will lose my mind. Yeah. So uh, but that was the first time I had rewatched it since I was a kid.
2: Yeah, yeah, I uh, I watched it probably within the last year. Uh, I had put it in, and mm. then Jen watched it. My wife Jen watched it uh, this last week, and I caught parts of it while she was watching it uh, as well, um, just to kind of prep for this. Uh, so it's been fairly recent. What about you, Andrew?
3: Well, I watch this movie about once a year, but uh, I did uh, just put it in a couple days ago to just get like in case there was like, like you said, a name drop or anything like that that I yeah. might have missed or anything like that. I also watched the first Hot Shots just in case. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I, I almost
2: did that. I really should do that. No, I
3: re- I really did watch the first Hot Shots movie. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, but,
2: uh, yeah, they uh, so um, I saw this at Alamo Drafthouse and they do like this pre-show before their movies. Where they Mm -hmm. just have a lot of just Mm -hmm. things that have to do, and there were they played like the Hot Shots trailers and some other stuff. Then there was like this, like this these eighties kids like dancing dancing to Danger Zone. Like they had this whole like routine. (laughs) Like it was wild. It was wild to think of who we are, uh, who we were thirty six years ago. Um, (laughs) Yeah, this this movie hit me uh, in an interesting place because I don't think I really saw it until later. I was eleven when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not the type of movie that we would have, you know, rented. We didn't go to movies, so it wasn't the type of movie we would have ever rented or uh, that, but my friends talked about it all the time, and I just, I never, you know, got to see it. I will tell you that what bled over into my life was a love for the gorgeous look of F-14s. Like, I was just like, I had like oh, yeah. an F-14 model or whatever that I just, I was just like, such a pretty plane. Um, it really is. So... So yeah, uh, it, it doesn't have that same hold of nostalgia for me, and yet still, I think this new one really, really works. What are some of the things you guys loved about it, um, Susan? Why don't you go first? What are what are some of your thoughts?
4: Well, just I'm so happy I rewatched the original um, before this, as, and I strongly recommend people do that because they do. Like, I don't think I would have known who Jennifer Connolly's character was if right. I didn't watch that. You, you'd miss that. But I loved. I thought I was just like a perfect mix of nostalgia and modern day like they they did so much they did the perfect amount of uh references from the original like just the opening shot with the music uh i didn't expect them to use like kind of the same score
2: um in the same opening uh text too, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: As they just pulled it's, it's a good thing opening, it's a black yeah. background because it'd be 4 or 3 otherwise, <laughs> and you'd have those four brackets of the two black brackets on the yeah. other side. I think it, I just because I watched it like right before I went in, I think that might be a close to shot for shot, yeah, of the original Top Gun where they're doing the anthem that leads into danger zone. Mm-hmm. I think that might be it's either they just took that and put it in this one or they like recreated a shot for shot version. Yeah.
4: Right. It seemed that way, but I, I really just, I love the simplicity of the story because it didn't need a whole lot to it. But the, I mean, I really loved the, the relationship between Miles Teller and Tom Cruise. Somehow the like Tom Cruise was even better as a performer in this one. Um, it just was, it took the original, it took the good of the original and, and, made it even better somehow. Like the techno you could see the advancements technology wise and the the flight sequences. Rewatching the original, I was like so confused in the flight scenes. Like I was like, I don't really know what's happening. There's a lot of just like them in the plane. They these sequences were so exciting. Like they they had me like holding my hand to my like chest and I I don't know. It's just like everything about it. I I think it's a near perfect sequel.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, some thoughts. Uh, I'm going to kind of uh, leap off of what Susan was just saying, because those shots that you're talking about, like inside the cockpit of these planes and stuff, um, they had a little behind the scenes thing on YouTube that uh, after you guys watch the movie, I I think you should really go and check out. I watched it before it didn't ruin the movie or anything, but it talks about how they did those sequences and, like they had them in fighter jets, except there was a pilot in the front seat and they were the ones in in the back. And it was real Gs pushing down on them to get like the face compression wow. and the contortion and stuff like that. So they were actually pulling like four or five Gs, like Miles Teller, Tom Cruise, all these guys were actually doing it. And that's how these shots look so real. It's because they are. That's really them in those planes. Mm-hmm. That's
4: awesome. I didn't know that. I love that.
3: Oh, yeah. They they sent the entire, like, all the uh, the Top Gun cast that was in the planes to uh, aeronautical school and uh, had them, you know, go out on the carriers in these jets. And it was either they actually got real Top Gun uh, pilots or they got the, uh, what are the... uh, the the blue angels is that uh, no what I'm i mean the of. blue
2: angels is a group but i don't know if that's the navy's uh flight team or yeah
3: but i mean like <clears throat> just to train them on like getting right. their body used to like g's and stuff like that and had them wearing like compression suits and stuff like that yes the so. blue
2: angels are the uh united states navy uh okay. team so yeah and, yeah 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 yeah, guys, uh, man, there's so much to talk about on the good end of the spectrum here. There's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'll jump off the shots as well in what you said about the action because and it'll lead into a, a, a broader point I want to make about Joseph Kaczynski. Uh, I, I really think the action in this movie is a, like, teach it in film class. Like, teach mm. in film class how setting clear expectations, clear guidelines to the audience... The audience understands all the all the objectives of what's Mm -hmm. going on in the action scene and then shoot it in a way that the audience never feels like, wait, where am I now? What does this mean? Every shot in these action scenes is constructed in a way that brings you along the action. And so Mm -hmm. you're never confused. Every shot is the it makes a lot of sense from the shot you saw next. You know exactly where your perspective is. Um, You know, sometimes directors don't think about that with action and they will shoot, um, you know, action from like, let's say a chase scene from one side and then they'll shoot it from the other side and it looks like cars are going now the opposite direction and it's like the brain has to adjust and figure out what's actually going on here. The greatest action directors have this way of just you feel like you're there and you can see everything that's going on and they pick the perfect moments to go wide. They pick these perfect moments mm. to go. Here's, yep. here's the big picture. Now let's go close again to this place. Like I was really, really impressed with the action here. You're uh, so right. And I and right. I think it comes from uh Kaczynski, who I have loved, I've at least liked and pretty much loved every movie that he's made um, severely underrated. Uh, Only the Brave. Only the Brave is a severely underrated movie. Um, it's so <laughs> Bring <good>. the tissues. <laughs> and, and it's where Kaczynski fell in love with working with Jennifer Connelly Miles. and Miles Teller uh, in Only yeah. the Brave, um, who both give amazing performances in that movie.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also like
2: uh, Oblivion. I think he did Tron Legacy. He um, did do
3: Tron Legacy.
2: Like he's he's a really good director. I think he's possibly one of the most underrated directors working today. People don't know his name a lot, um, but he's he's Definitely doing some really horse. good work. Yeah, he's doing some yeah. really good work. Uh, And I think it comes down to the fact that he has the mind of the audience. Some of the best directors understand here's where the audience is. Here's what they need to hear. Here's how they're feeling. Um, And it's a tough thing to do because guess what? We're all different. Every human who sits down to watch this movie has experienced different things in their life and different, you know, ways to, you know, view this and have perspectives. But the best directors understand there's kind of this commonality to humanity that they can work with to really present something that makes sense and is interesting and is fun. And man, this movie is so locked in on its plot and on what its objectives are that you are just with it the whole way. You're never like bored. You're never confused. You're just like, okay, let's go. What's next? And it's it's just, it's never ahead of the audience. It's never behind the audience. It's just right there with you uh, the entire time. So um, really well done. Just really well structured movie. Yeah. In that regard. Other thoughts, guys?
4: Uh, well, I also – what I didn't realize when I rewatched the old one, I didn't realize how much of the love story was so, like, prominent in that movie, at least to me. I was, mm-hmm. like, God, to a point where I – and I'm a rom-com girl, but my God, I was, like, over Tom Cruise and that teacher. And <laughs> oh, they were and they, they, handing
3: it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah killing like, killing McGillis. And they, yeah,
4: just – love sequences like the the love scene I was just like I mean obviously today it doesn't hold up because it's like slow-mo and it's cheesy mm-hmm. so it was so nice to see like I love what they did I, I love the character of Jennifer Conley in this film but I love that it's a minor part of this movie it is not almost half of the storyline it's just and it's a perfect what do they call it like the Easter egg or something is that what they mm-hmm. call those whenever that's sure, maybe, yeah.
2: sure. I think it's a uh, hidden gem. yeah it's it's interesting because I know in the original they kind of forced that in. In fact, the rumor is, or maybe more than a rumor, maybe it's confirmed, but that they loved take uh, take my breath away so much
4: well, uh, that, that they, was clear that
2: they wanted to play the whole song, and so they forced <laughs> an entire love scene. To take place Just, during that song. That is that is da, da, da,
4: da, the
2: story
3: that I've heard. They um, used
4: it so much yeah. in the original. It was like, <laughs> like, I was like, do you think the soundtrack is a song?
3: It might have been Take My Breath Away During the Volleyball Scene. It might as well have yeah, been. You know? yeah. um, but in this one, you're absolutely
2: right. Uh, the, the Penny-Pete uh, relationship is one. That is not distracting or different from the overall point of the movie. The overall point of the movie is about Maverick figuring out who he is and what it means to be, you know, 50 some year old Maverick, right? Like he's trying to figure out who is that guy because he's not the brash, arrogant, you know, young hotshot pilot. He's the older arrogant hotshot pilot. But what does that mean and what does that look like and has he softened and and the relationship is part of that journey, right? You know, try, because their whole conversation is about, you know, hey, we've tried this before. It doesn't work. And he's like, you know, um, he's trying to figure out if that's changed, if he's actually a changed human and has evolved. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely feels, you know, like a part of the whole uh, movie in that way.
4: And, and it's nice to see how um, Goose's death has affected him all these mm-hmm. years, too. Because that's, oh, yeah. you know, he's not as, uh, well, he's at least more safe when it comes to, other people's lives. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that was actually going to be my next point. I love how uh the uh, the first movie did so much groundwork to make this sequel so good because the first half of Top Gun leading up to Goose's death, uh these guys are rock stars, you know, they're the yeah. best of the best, and Goose's death is what humanizes all of them in the first one. Mm-hmm. If that hadn't happened in the first movie, then that that overloom that overwhelming dread wouldn't be here or working in this one because you know from the get go what the uh, the the cost can be mm-hmm. in this movie and you can see it in Tom Cruise's face uh, it affects his relationship with Miles Teller which I, I want to say that that relationship and how it grows between these two is so like it, it's it's tense it's heartbreaking it's. You know, it it invokes something within you that just makes you care so much for these people. I just the de aging technology
2: yeah. on Anthony Edwards was incredible in this movie. Um, th- that wasn't Miles Teller. That was clearly Anthony Edwards. Uh, <laughs> I mean,
3: it, it's shocking how much he looks he like looks him. It really looks so like him. He it's does.
2: insane. He walks in in that Hawaiian shirt, opened up yeah. with the tank yeah. top underneath. Aviators, and yeah.
3: I'm that's like, dirty stash. How did
2: how, that's Anthony Edwards? That's insane. Uh, yeah, so that good. was amazing. So good. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. That's just perfect casting, right
2: there. And Glenn Powell is like a perfect Iceman stand-in. Like he's just, you know, the stuff he's doing with the toothpick and just the pure arrogance is just like it's so. It's such a kickback to that whole thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. Really well done. No. Yeah.
3: I I, have I honestly thought that as the movie progressed, I would just get more and more frustrated with the Glenn Powell character. Mm -hmm. Oh, I ended up I ended up loving him by the end of this. Yeah, I ended up loving all of these people. All of them were great. Yeah, they're all great. Um, Another thing this movie I think does better than the original one um, is it it sets the stakes for the uh, the mission. You know, and Mm -hmm. uh, I think by the end of the movie did such an amazing job of building up to it because it made that 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 run that they're on their their mission that much more impactful because we know going over everything that they've been doing to train for a specific mission in this movie you you know what's coming next mm-hmm. kind of like in the order of operation yeah, yeah. whereas mm-hmm. in the in the in the first top gun movie you know it's all about them going through the top gun program and then goose and then at the end of the movie you get a mission and it, yeah. d- it doesn't really mean as much whereas this one you know the stakes you know about you know like where bad things are and like the uh, the margin of error i think that's really what i'm getting at right here is uh they really do an amazing job in this movie of letting the audience know the margin of error for this is so minute mm-hmm. like the they're they're called miracle missions for a reason and I think this movie does an amazing job at that
2: yeah. yeah yeah uh we keep going um I love I love Lewis Pullman um I really enjoyed him in um the uh, why can a uh, battle uh, not battle um the El Royale movie. What is that called? What is that movie called? Oh,
3: Bad Times, that's the bad times no, at the El Royale. Bad Times the El uh, Royale. He's yeah. the uh, bellboy. The bell. Boy. The valet, the bell, bell yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's nice to see him doing work here, too, as Bob. Um, I thought Bob was a fun character oh, as well. Oh,
3: his Bob. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How many yeah. people have you killed? 123
2: <laughs> <laughs> every time i see him i'm just like you are such the spitting image of your dad like he's he looks so much like bill pullman it's it's ridiculous that's I'm bill so... pullman's son yeah yeah yeah
4: oh that's... my gosh
3: so yeah you, you can imagine uh bob giving the independence day speech right that yes. makes... yeah
4: you're right he does look like yeah that. i didn't even realize that
2: yeah um, Ed Harris uh is in for a, a
3: cup of coffee. And yeah, up. I was gonna
4: say he's that's part he's in for a cup of coffee and he's out.
3: That scene, uh the one where he's trying to break that mock record,
2: mm-hmm. you
3: know. So good. Th- it's so it's good. It's a perfect it's Beautiful. Opening. Oh, it's beautiful. perfect
2: opening. Yeah. 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 Um and then the John Hamm character is, I mean, it's perfect for John Hamm, and you have to have kind of that that character in here, but it is one of the many things in this that is, uh, it feels more eighties than the movie feels other times. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to, to kind of hear, uh, John Hamm kind of do that eighties, you know, f- f- uh, foil kind of, uh, part. So yeah, interesting stuff.
4: I really love, um, how they incorporated, um, of, Val Kilmer. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure how they were going to put him in and how he would be, but it was perfect. Exactly how I like I don't know. I don't know that any other yeah. way I would use him.
3: Yeah. 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 You kind of have I'll to just go with I'll that. I'll leap off of that. I got really emotional on a couple like uh, beats of this movie. Yeah. Like the end of this movie I was really tearing up, and then a section in the middle of this movie I was really tearing up. Yeah.
4: I, I teared up in the middle.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, we haven't mentioned that this movie is funny. It is funny. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. Lots of big laughs in the audience I was with. Um, the The other thing I kind of want to mention is Tom Cruise is a movie star is fascinating to me um, because he's made some interesting choices to really focus on Mission Impossible and just like – Action guy uh, who's trying to figure it out movies and yet he's doing something here. I really haven't seen him do in a while, which he's getting really tender. And there's some Mm. moments, especially in the Iceman scene that I'm like, go, go Cruz. Show (laughs) what you like. Show what you got, man. Like, you know, this is some really good work. And I wonder if he's also figuring out who he is as an actor coming into this next stage of his career we all love seeing him, you know, riding a motorcycle in every single movie he is in. We all yeah. love him seeing seeing that sprint from the right side to the left side of the screen that happens yeah. in every single movie <laughs> he's in. But he's not in this one. He's not going to be able to do
3: that forever. You know, he will age know, like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> he's aging like a fine wine. I'll just no, say he is. is that.
5: Yeah, I, he is.
3: This movie's version of the volleyball scene had me so frustrated that he is that old and he looks that good. I was so mad.
4: I cracked up in that scene though. That was yeah. that was great. Um
3: yeah.
2: so I just I just wonder if he's like starting to go I need to do some more of these things to prepare myself for whenever my knees eventually do go out, you know, like maybe I'm not uh inhuman. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see him do kind of this work and I'd I'd love to see him, um, get more into that. I know he's finishing up mission impossible. It's like the part one and part two. Um, I think is going to kind of be the, the, end for that. And then I'm just really curious to see where he goes. He's one of the best who's ever done it. Like he really is. He's just a flat out movie star and it just pops off the screen. Um, you mentioned one thing that I will say was, uh, kind of the only thing where I was just like. Is this a negative? And I still haven't decided. So I'll let you guys help me. Um, I think there's a little bit too much. You mentioned the volleyball scene uh, stand-in of the stand-in-itis of these legacy sequels where it's like, Mm. oh, got to have this because it was in the original. Got to have this because it was in the original. The reason it doesn't seem like a huge negative to me is it's always used in a smart way in this movie. Even that scene is plot driven. Like, there's Mm -hmm. nothing about that scene. It's more plot-driven than the volleyball scene was in the original. Like, you know, so, like, there's... I don't um, know about that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, 100%. You're 100% right, Aaron. Um, Also, I don't think I would have mind... I would not have minded it as much, even if it wasn't so plot-centric as it was, because going into this, I think Top Gun gets you in like the first movie gets you in a mindset of like what to expect. Like there's going to be some over the top, not quite cheesy, but maybe some camp here and there, you know, like uh, a bit of eighties ridiculousness that is endearing. And the nostalgia factor, I think would outweigh any like, you know, like, Oh, come on. They're doing just another beat for beat Mm -hmm. because I think the rest of the movie is so original like the mission and everything and like the dynamic yeah. that Tom Cruise has with these new Top Gun pilots. I think that all that is so different the first one that it allows you to bring in all those corny, cheesy scenes from the first one. And that feels like that's the nostalgia factor. It's not the flying. It's those fun little tidbits you get.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there can be, and I felt this with another movie that I really, really enjoyed. Um, the The first uh, Abrams Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker, is that right? Is that the first one ca- called the Rise of Skywalker? A new, um, uh, the first Abrams uh, Star Wars. Um,
3: is I almost a- said it's a New Hope, but it's not. It's uh, um, uh,
4: the first one with Ray.
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
4: yeah. Oh, God, why am I blanking on that?
3: Yeah, oh. uh, let's go. I'll
2: let you guys look it up <laughs> while I talk. So, I, I but I felt this similar thing with that movie where it was like. Great and I loved it, but I could tell they were playing like my my notes from the original. Like there were things they were doing that I mean it ends in basic Force Awakens. Yeah, Force Awakens. Thank you. There you go. Um uh, we have lost all credibility as a pop culture podcast no, yeah.
3: right now. All There's complete. so much
4: Star Wars to keep track of, people. <laughs> we'll, that's,
3: get, we'll get into the Star Wars, Wars next. next. That's, that's our next topic. That is a, actually a genuinely good excuse. So much content to try and keep them track. Um, yeah. right
2: that's hilarious. Uh, anyhow, yes, Force Awakens had this this thing as well, and, and many people took it to task as being just a blueprint of the original New Hope movie, but with you know different people and different things standing in for the Death Star or whatever. Um, there is a little bit of that here, but I think it, it really does work, and it's you know it's it's what you you could also say this Top Gun Maverick in its own way is a remake of uh, a New Hope. Uh, it's just an extended uh, version of the Death Star run um, that's going on here, complete with uh, <laughs> you don't, trust yeah. the force, Luke.
3: <laughs> like,
2: it's, yeah. like it's very
3: much uh, it's simplicity. You know, like they made mm-hmm. it digestible for audience members, you know, like they didn't, I didn't feel like they were dumbing it down. No, I felt, it felt like the, the, the steps of the mission that they were going on at the very end were easy to follow, but you understood how difficult to, pull it off was going to
2: it, be. It was a little bit much when Miles Teller was like talking about, you know, bombing womp rats back home. That was a little oh, yeah, bit much. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh yeah. but yeah. That yeah, hole's totally. no
3: bigger than a womp rat hole.
2: <laughs> I love the look I get from Susan every time I do this where she's like, I can't tell if he's being serious yeah. or what he's doing right now.
3: Yeah, uh, that was a Star Wars reference. Yeah, no, okay. I was Wars
4: like,
2: reference. what? <laughs> um Yeah. So that's that was my only kind of might be a negative is there's a little bit of kind of paint by numbers from the original. But at the same time, I think it works. I think it works. And I think everything, everything that they do from the original, it works here in a way that feels uh, like it's part of what's going on. Yeah. Revolve rooster. Yes, exactly. Uh, (laughs) Did did you guys have any negatives?
4: I don't think I had a negative of this movie.
2: Yeah, you, you no. said earlier you thought it was a perfect movie. So yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. yeah,
4: and because I went in with thinking that I'm surprised that this was a good movie because when I heard they were doing it, I was like, "This is a recipe to be bad." Like
3: it could have easily been. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, final thoughts? Any final thoughts on no post-credits scene? Top Gun: Maverick. Um, no, there's not, and honestly, that goes to my final thought, which is how nice is it just to watch like a movie that feels like it was made in the era that these kind of movies were made in? There's not all these things to keep track of. And it just, it feels like an eighties movie in all the best ways with none of the worst ways. And, um, I just think that was a bold choice uh, because a lot of movies don't. Do, this movie even ended fairly quickly; like it didn't yeah. have to wrap every single little thing up. It wrapped a couple things up and then credits rolled. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just you know modern movies just are so different, uh, and I kind of want more of these. And I don't know if that's because I'm an old, you know, and it's just like that's the kind of movie that I grew up <laughs> on. But it's but it's one of those things where I just I think it's better storytelling. I think there's just some real. Clutch storytelling going on,
3: yeah, yeah because if it, there, it forces out any hope of a of a, it forces out any like hope of like you know something looming in the future that could solve any problem. Right. Like yeah. it makes you feel like it's oh complete. at the end of the movie this is it. Yeah, it's like, complete. They better they better yeah. solve it before the end of this movie. Otherwise. Right. Yeah. There's no sequel or anything like that. No, I totally get that.
4: I yeah. hope there's not a sequel. I really don't want I don't know if they need they definitely don't need it, but I I think my and with the plot being so simple, I just I really appreciate the character development here. Like I don't know something about these characters were so much more human than the first. Like I just feel like we got to know a lot more people in mm-hmm. this yeah. movie than we did in the first. Like outside of the three main flights, uh you know, the three main people we didn't really know anybody else, but even like I felt like I knew Bob pretty well. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Call sign Bob. Uh, <laughs> I do, I guess I do have one other thing to say, which is another thing that uh, this did, and the original did this as well, that really makes it um, easy to just get into is it doesn't it stays completely outside of any kind of real life geopolitical anything so like there's no you never names the country never names yes. the the place <laughs> never names the enemy it's just a it's just a a mission against kind of a faceless nameless enemy um, i can tell
3: you it wasn't central america
2: <laughs> that's, that's all i can tell you um and i think that's i think that makes it easy it makes it really easy not to be distracted by Oh, what's going on in the real world in Ukraine yeah. and like all these things that you know uh, are real things that we should be pondering and feeling and thinking about. And this movie's like, no, you're you're here to to escape that. You're here to just have a, a you know get told an interesting story with a fun mission, and yeah. um and it does it so well. So I, I like that the original did that, and I like that this kind of does that too. It just kind of keeps it um unknown because that that also yeah. helps me disconnect from complex feelings about. The military industrial complex right. and like, you know, all those things I'm able to kind of rightly or wrongly in that conversation can be had, but I'm able to set those aside for this movie and just go, no, this is kind of a fantasy world mm-hmm. where, the, you know, there's just this fantasy mission against this, you know, unknown fantasy enemy, you know,
4: faceless. Yeah, kind of see we it more as like a, 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 a board
2: game or a, like a, a Navy D&D session or something, you know. Um, so yeah, interesting you stuff.
3: My battleship.
4: Yeah. I love yeah. that about the the film too. I talked about that afterwards. I was like, they never said who it was. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? We don't need to know. We don't, we don't yeah. need no. that.
2: No, it's, there's, there's, it, it becomes nothing more than a distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, especially yeah. if that's not the intent of the movie. And that is not yeah. the intent of this movie, in my opinion. Well, there you go. Some thoughts on Top Gun Maverick. It is available in theaters. Obviously a huge recommend from all three of us. We all loved it. Um, yeah, uh quite a bit uh so yeah top gun maverick is a recommend uh let's move on to the second review the first two episodes of obi-wan kenobi leave us alone when the time comes he must be trained like
1: you trained his father you still want kenobi he's gone
5: have been looking
0: in the wrong places i want every lowlife and bounty hunter to squeeze him
2: during the reign of the galactic empire former jedi master obi-wan kenobi embarks on a crucial mission to confront allies turned enemies and face the wrath of the empire uh, this is available on Disney+. Plus. First two episodes dropped uh, just this week as we're recording this. <clears throat> so this is... I think this is a uh, a little bit of a different kind of a review for us because we're just dealing with the first two episodes of something. As you know, when we do TV reviews, we're not going to be worried too much about spoilers. Uh, we're going to assume that you have watched the television that, that we're talking about. In this case, the first two episodes of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So... Um, Let's start as we do. What did you think about these first two episodes? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hated, it, or it was just okay? Andrew, you get to start this time.
3: I think I loved it. I think I loved it. If not, I'm so close to it. Um, it, it, like you did, like you said, it is difficult to uh, see, you know, from the first two episodes, like where it could p- potentially go because the uh, the options for where it can go are so vast. But uh, I think the. Uh, seeing certain characters come back, you know, the nostalgia factor is great. I like the, uh, the overall, you know, uh, story so far in this first two. Uh, but, uh, I am, I don't want to say I love it's difficult. I, I'm so close to saying I loved it. Yeah. So close. All right. Well, we'll just
2: call it low side of loved it. We'll just call it low yeah, side of go. loved it. And, and yeah. that'll be fine. Uh, Susan, what about you?
4: I'd say I liked it. Um, I'm, I, I think, It has potential for love, but right now, I just, I like it. Uh, Certain characters, uh, uh, you know, Ewan McGregor is great. It it does feel nostalgic. It seems like it's a pretty good, you know, continuation of that part of that story. Um, I was a little annoyed with the character, so maybe that's why.
3: (laughs) Mm. Is he from the second episode?
4: (laughs) No, I was annoyed with little Leia.
3: (laughs) We'll get oh, yeah. we'll get there.
2: Um yeah. but I figured yeah. Uh yeah. I I am in the didn't liked it camp. Um oh, I'm okay. I'm not Whoa. Enjo- I'm not enjoying this. I Okay. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit manipulated. I like because I, lo- I love these characters. I really do And to see you and McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm, I'm only human like I mean it's just uh, look the The prequels were not the greatest Star Wars movies but they're uh, well, they definitely new ones they, they definitely uh, when they came out I remember really liking them and then yeah. thinking about oh yeah but there's you know this kind of stuff and. It's funny the sizzle reel that they do at the beginning of this of like all the prequel moments make the prequels look like The Godfather. Like it makes it, it yeah. makes the prequels look like the best <laughs> trilogy ever made. And I I'm don't like think where, it that bad. where where was where was that focused like three movies that really focused on it like you know that that intro did. Um but uh there's a lot of other stuff in those prequels that that kind of brings them down but yeah. I loved Obi-Wan as our Ewan is Obi-Wan or Obi-Wan is Ewan McGregor. That's, that's probably Very more yeah. accurate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the real Obi-Wan lives among us. Um, you know, Hayden's coming back as Anakin uh, doesn't necessarily appear in any way. We would know him in these first two episodes. Um, but uh, you know, then there's, there's the uh, Joel Edgerton is Owen coming back as Owen, which is uh, interesting. Yeah. Like, I feel like I love all this stuff. And then you've got lightsabers and Jedis. And I'm just like, yes, I'm, you know, 12 again. Um, So, (laughs) uh, which is interesting, by the way, because the first Star Wars came out when I was uh, a a year old, like exactly a year old. It came out on my first birthday. Um, So, like, it's, you know, something I grew up more with Return of the Jedi and then going back to um, the others. But, and again, all on VHS that I just wore the snot out of.
3: Yep, got to buy multiple copies. You're um, gonna make it.
2: So, like, I get that I'm I'm being manipulated in this way, but when I any time I start to think about what they're doing in this show, I just get bored. I just get I get this sense of like, do I care about this? Is this something I need to see? Are the stories that it's showing me, at least in these first two episodes, stories? I do I care about Brat Leia girl? Like, I mean, is that <laughs> is that something yeah. that that is meaningful to me? Is it, you know, in we try to not spend a lot of time on child actors because they're kids and they've got a lot of growing up to do and they face a lot of pressure as child actors. Um, but I
3: think it's the writing and the, yeah. it's the it's, way it's they've not, made it. That's where yeah, I was it's going. Not is that where you were going? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
2: That's where I'm going. Um. Yeah. I think this is written very poorly. I, I There are times this dialogue, I'm rolling my eyes at this dialogue. It is... So bad at times, especially in that plot line. And yeah, it's not her because it also sounds terrible, um, uh, you know, coming out of the adults' mouths uh in those scenes. It's very tropey. It's very I don't know, I felt like, oh, you took you took Star Wars, you took this piece of Star Wars that I really loved, and you kind of made it this really lame sitcom at times. And <laughs> I just yeah, I just I and again, listen, perspective is everything. Maybe I was in the wrong place as I was watching this yesterday, I don't know. Um, but I found myself getting really annoyed with this show uh just by how poorly I felt it was written. Um, now the overarching stuff, like the plot stuff, I could maybe get on board with. We've got plenty of time to fix that in my opinion. You know, we've got plenty of time to go, okay, that's cool, that's interesting the you know the vader obi-wan stuff could get really interesting um the uh the other part that i know i'm talking a lot and i probably should give it over to the people who who loved the movie (laughs) or loved the the show or liked it at least um so i will so i will say i will save the rest for later andrew you liked it the most please talk on it i have broken our rules
3: no, it's all good, brother. Uh, I think the thing that I'm really enjoying the most about the show is the Inquisitors. I think the Inquisitors is where I'm hanging my hat going. This is the story arc that I'm really interested in. Kind of. I I, I know where some of them end up because this takes place before Star Wars Rebels. Right. Some of these characters are in Star Wars Rebels. Yes. Um But I think the performances they're giving are like, it's cool seeing this because they're not Sith. They're technically not Sith, but they're close enough. They're kind of, they remind me a little bit of Kylo Ren mm. a little bit. And like his Knights of Ren is like how I imagine like the Grand Inquisitor and all of the mm-hmm. uh, the brothers and sisters. Um, Reva, I forget the name of the actress who plays her uh, as one of the Inquisitors. Moses. That's story- I think
2: Moses Ingram. Oh,
3: Moses. Uh, yeah. Ingram. Mm-hmm. Uh, her story arc is the one that I'm the most interested in. Like... Uh, because she was uh, she it,
2: was one of the the younglings, right? Wasn't she one of the? I think young- they
3: all were. I thought that that's what it was. I thought yeah. all of the. No, those, but I mean, like that we that saw
2: grew- like so. Order sixty six happens at the beginning of this. In the beginning, very. And beginning. there's those kids that are and running away. And I think away. we see Riva watching the the kids run away. I could be wrong. The,
3: oh, I thought she was one of the kids. No, no, I no. Thought, she is, I thought, but
2: I think she okay. feels abandoned. Maybe she feels abandoned or something. Yeah. I think we're supposed to learn something about her there.
3: The way I interpreted that scene, and I'm probably wrong, is all those kids that group grew up to be the Inquisitors. Now, Mm. I think all those kids are each of them. Oh, you don't think one of those kids was Benny
2: Safti, the Benny Safti character? Character the um, the Grand Inquisitor? No, no, no. The Jedi that was that uh, that was trying to approach Obi Wan and be like, you know, help us save us, and he's like, it's over. Just bury your lightsaber.
3: Oh no! I thought he was one of the survivors of sixty six, but I guess he I would thought he was be right one around of those kids. How old is he? Yeah. How old? Yeah. Because this takes place <laughs> at ten years, right? Ten years after Order sixty six. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So.
2: Yeah, maybe he was a little bit too old to to be one yeah. of them. I don't know, but yeah, I could be wrong. But definitely, maybe? I think I we know.
3: definitely agree that uh, Moses, who plays Riva in this mm-hmm. was definitely one of those kids. Yeah. Like, Beyond that, yeah. But, uh, no, the Inquisitors, I think, is where I'm going to, uh, like, really lay my hat and going, "Oh, this is amazing!" Because not only is that storyline amazing, like so you know, uh, intriguing and intense, but also we're finally getting to see the Empire be douchebags.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, if you think about it, we never see them do anything to like the public. In any of the Star Wars movies, it's like, if they're attacking anybody, it's the rebels. So now that we see the Empire actually being awful to, you know, planets and, you know, states of uh, species out there. Now we can finally see, okay, yeah, the Empire. Yeah. Just because they're Sith. That's not the only, I need to see them do some bad stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Reva just cut off that lady's hand.
2: And and then and then just and the lady was like, "Ouch!" And then never <laughs> said another word during that entire time. And well, never, I mean, I getting, like, what?
3: <laughs> getting your arm cut off is a whole lot easier than chasing a ten-year-old through the woods. Yes, you yes, know? apparently. And yes. Uh, man, like you, you come across a twig. Oh, dang it! I can't follow her. You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That that whole Benny Hill sequence had me laughing.
2: It's a bit ridiculous. They literally have her like inside the three of them and just yeah. wait for her to run away before chasing her. Like nobody even moves. And then they're like chasing her and like a branch will be in front of them. They're like, Oh no, yeah. what do I do? <laughs> I guess this yeah. child is smarter than me.
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, Flea. Uh, he's not the guy I would call to kidnap mm-hmm. a child. Yeah. No, he's yeah. Not that yeah. great yet.
2: Yeah. He'll run away. It's right there in his name um i do uh susan what are some of the things that you liked or didn't like either way some of your
4: thoughts (laughs) uh well actually i i to piggyback off you a bit i i did there were many times when i was watching the show the two episodes i was like do we need this do we really Mm. need this show because i i was just kind of like hmm I don't know, it didn't, uh, the The parts I did like, like, I, I'm a Kumail Johnny fan, I thought he was a nice, like, funny break in mm-hmm. it, um, obviously I do like Ewan McGregor, uh, the end of episode two kind of is what made me more intrigued, because I am interested in how they're gonna do the Darth Vader and mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi stuff, but other than that... The little Leia, it's exactly what you said. It's not her fault. It's just, it was a bad script. Like it, it and when you say it felt like a little bit like a sitcom, I, I do see it now. Cause I was just like, God, this is like, I don't know. The writing is, is mm-hmm. pretty cheesy. I
2: felt like we were on like a, you know, full house there for a yeah. second. It was just like, what is going on? Yeah. Where's the left well,
3: track? yeah Yeah,
4: well well immediately and i guess it's more what they're doing with the leia storyline because just immediately when they start with her tricking the oh it's not you she said it would be funny or something and Uh she's in the forest i'm like oh my god how many times have we and i knew it wasn't going to be her like i just was, was so predictable where it was going i was like really we're doing that and then where it went and it's just like all the Leia stuff has just been really bad to me. I think that's mm-hmm. the problem. Like it's it's so corny and it makes me it doesn't even feel like Star Wars. It just I mean now when you said sitcom I was like that's what it is. It feels like this just yeah, cheesy force sitcom the, that maybe we don't need.
2: <laughs> the the Ariana Stark stuff early in Game of Thrones is this done so much better, right? This oh, idea yeah. of I'm in royalty, but I don't want any part of it. I want to be out in the forest, you know, shooting stuff and whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Ariana and it. Aria. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, well, Ariana, yes. It
4: almost sounds like you're going to say Ariana, Ariana Grande.
3: Grande. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that would be a remake of Game of Thrones. Listen, like, guys, Listen, guys. we
2: pretend to know pop culture. Uh, we just <laughs> literally make stuff up. That's all we do. Yeah. Uh,
3: no, shooting Aria. She's with a dartboard with, <laughs> with our wingman's hand over our eyes, hoping we hit that ball. Yes, uh, Aria
2: Grande. Aria Grande uh, is, is the character's <laughs> name.
3: Uh, Aria is,
2: is this done so much better, where it's like, you you believe the dialogue. You believe the exasperation of the parents or the the part where the tropey, tropey thing where the dad's like, so did you do this? And the mom's like, don't encourage her. And it's just You're like, right. how many times have we seen this, guys? Like, you, you know. know it's,
3: classic Jimmy Smiths.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I, I was, I was. It made me sad. And that stuff is so early. It probably triggered my mindset in some ways. And then I was just noticing all the tropiness and the bad dialogue. And, um, you know, Star Wars has a history of bad dialogue. I was about to say,
3: that's why I'm kind of shocked that you guys are like, I can understand the writing, like the story arc and like the the mentality they're giving Leia that being off putting. But the actual dialogue being cheesy and stuff, I mean, if you haven't learned by now, (laughs) <laughs> you know well, I, I guess that's so how is how is this different than like a, it like a force awakens or any of the prequels or anything like that how is how is this cheese different or worse uh feels smaller
4: maybe it mm-hmm. doesn't feel as like a big of a grand scape like force awakens like force awakens felt so huge like when that mm-hmm. was happening and a, a bigger picture of everything. This feels hmm. just like a, I don't know, it's just smaller is the best way I can.
2: I think that's right. It. I think that's right. I think you that's didn't a good feel way to that during
3: it. like Mandalorian or any of these, like uh, the Boba Fett shows or anything no, like that?
4: Well, Boba Fett was kind of boring, but Mandalorian was good in my opinion, I especially feel- season two.
2: Mandalorian does uh, does this really really well, where it it keeps you invested in the the emotional underpinnings of the show. Um, even the even if it has a few moments where it kind of goes into uh, you know some of the cheesiness or the tropiness or whatever. Um, Book of Boba Fett's not great, uh, no. and in, it has a lot of the same problems I'm seeing in. Um, in Obi-Wan in these first couple episodes from, again, from my perspective, from, from my, from my opinion. So yeah, I, uh, I don't know for me, it just, it's not working. And it, I think small Susan is, is a great way to say it. It just, it feels like it brings stuff down to a, a really small place. Um, yeah. In, in my opinion. So,
4: but again, the end of episode two, when, When that final like shot and everything, Mm -hmm. that was that's the only reason why I'm able to say like like instead of dislike is because I'm like, well, I'm curious how what's because I'm assuming that's why they're making this show. I was like, okay, so maybe this is why we're going through this because there's something bigger gonna happen with these two.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: I don't know, but I'm I'm invested. I'll stick around to see what they're gonna do.
3: Yeah. It's so interesting coming into a review like this thinking that everybody's going to be on the same page. And (laughs) when you find out that it's not, and you have to like start defending or or questioning things like, Uh this is not how I thought this uh, thing was going to go. I thought it was going to be happy go lucky. Everybody's here for Obi Time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, you're not alone, Andrew. I I know a lot of people
2: who are really, really loving it, and I i, I think and, and, like it. I, yeah. And and I get it. I like I I get this this um, you know that that there's some there's some real filling in of some gaps that is interesting. And you know this this idea of what was Obi Wan doing uh during this time uh on Tatooine, um, you know is interesting to me. It answers some interesting questions like. How did Leia know Obi-Wan was amazing when she's talking about it in the movies? Well, that's cuz they've met before and they've had adventures uh together. So, you know, Leia's awareness of, you know, the Obi-Wan character uh comes into play here, which I think is is interesting and fascinating. It's just, you know, there's it's it's like it's like there's a beautiful, you know, gold nugget here that I want to <laughs> that I want to to honor but it's 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 wrapped in like really raggedy newspaper. Uh, it's, you know, very poorly wrapped. So there may be something at the center here that I eventually will uh, connect to. But, yeah.
3: You know. we're only two in. We're only two. Yes. Ann. And that's and the be I five episodes
4: or, five six. or six. Six. six I think. Six. six. Okay.
3: And I don't know. Are they all planning to be like roughly 50, 45 minutes long? Yeah, the first one was
2: fifty. The 57. second one was forty. Okay. Um, well, there's the five minutes of credits on these things. So yeah. it's, it's, That's it's one wild. thing I never understood. It's like, wild. Why? Yeah, it, it must have to do with streaming rights and different. Because Netflix is the same way. You'll get into some of these TV shows, and it'll just the the credits will go on forever.
3: But I think um, Disney is like infamous for having like 7 8 minute credits for yeah. each episode. Do they do cuz I always skip to the next one. Do they do the credits in multiple languages or something? Yes. Or? Yeah, I think they do. Oh, I think there's the that
2: part of it okay. for the the you know, uh, multiple countries streaming and that kind of thing. I think that is part of it. But um but yeah, um yeah, I think they'll probably be uh, probably be about 6 hours of content, you know, 5 to 6 hours of total uh content. And there there is this there is also this underlying thing where it's like Sometimes I wonder, man, should this have just been a movie? Like, could we have made this movie? I, I don't well, know. Well, I mean,
3: the, this would have been the first episode right here, you know. Mm-hmm. It's because this is an hour 45 or close to hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just saying, no, tighten I, it up.
2: Like, tighten this whole oh, story up to aware that it's, that it's where it's really propulsive. You know, doesn't have to lean into these side tropes. Like, you know, just make a really great movie. I don't know. That's, you know, probably old school.
4: Well, it doesn't feel like a movie to me yet. So, no.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely has that uh, that show
4: yeah. vibe going for but it.
2: But I think so. that about some of the Marvel stuff too. I think Moon Knight could have been an incredible movie. I really do, um, and could have tightened some some of that stuff up. But um, mm. but yeah, it's it's interesting. Kind of this new era of storytelling and what it means and the difference between TV and movies continues to diminish and to kind of, you know, fade away. And we talked about that a little bit in the top gun review. Like the, that was part of the fun of top gun Maverick was that just felt like a movie, man, like a complete fun, entertaining movie, um, which is, you know, not something we get all the time now. So yeah. 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 Uh, any final thoughts well, on Obi-Wan Kenobi?
3: No post-credit scenes.
4: Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I've disney
3: that. does that for their shows too now so yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah. that's yeah. actually kind of relevant
4: mm-hmm.
2: um i don't i my final thought is i'm not sure i ever need to see obi-wan uh cut a piece of meat off of a slab of meat again i think i've seen it enough i think uh uh-uh. I, I don't I know think, i think i get the idea of what his i need, I need day to get a like. more
3: in-depth look at that <laughs> chef ramsey technique
2: yes uh-uh. yeah. Uh, there you go. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, let's move on. Before we get into our best ever challenge, though, just a reminder that uh, this show and the website associated with it, Sifpop.com, uh, are supported by Sifpop members. Uh, if you've ever thought, I like this show, um, I'd love to support what they do, well, I've got good news for you. You can go to patreon.com sifpop. We do throw some uh, some fun perks your way. One of our favorite things to do is record bonus content. For you, uh, we talked about 80s movies that we would want rebooted uh, in the bonus uh, content this week, so that's available to our members at patreon.com/siftpop. And thank you to all those who have already uh, supported it Means the World to us, really appreciate you being on the team. So again, that is patreon.com/siftpop.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently.
1: Let's
2: move on to the best ever challenge. We're going to do best ever movies featuring a plane or planes. Uh, Plane movies uh, is the topic. Um, This is one of those topics that you can make as broad or specific as you want. Obviously, if you name a movie because it has a plane in it, we're going to make fun of you. Uh, They should be a little more central to the plot in some way or another. Having said that, I'm sure I have a couple here that you would be like, "Mm,
3: not sure that's a plane movie Aaron but
2: we'll see we'll we'll find out here uh, eventually so
3: it's funny because I had one like that and it was my number one and like, and I'm like no I get a lot of flack from Aaron if I chose this movie so
2: like you know like one and I, I hope I'm not stealing one because somebody may have chosen this but you could be like oh like on Inception they do that whole f- that's what I, that's the one I was okay, thinking that was yeah, like yeah, going to yeah. be my number one I'm like yeah, yeah.
3: technically the entire movie takes place on a plane so that's like but- <laughs> that's like you know that to
2: me that's border like that's right on that borderline I I wouldn't have made fun of you for that selection. I'd just been like, "Eh, you you would have given me an eye roll. Yeah, a little bit of an eye roll, maybe. But I I may have something like that. Uh, All right. Let's go number five to number one. um, And we will uh, trump if there is anything that we have higher than somebody when they mention it. Um, I will kick us off. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting one, but it, the uh, plane is central to the plot. Uh, Chicken Run is going to be my number five. Interesting and a it's good pick.
4: Ne- I never saw
2: it. So Chicken Run is a great movie. I'd highly yeah. recommend seeking out Chicken Run. It's funny, it's interesting. Um, you know, Ardman does such great, Ardman, fun animation. Uh, I think
3: this is my favorite Ardman film. I, I think so.
2: Uh, I'd have to go yeah. look um, some of the Wallace and Gromit stuff. I've never seen any of the is... Wallace and Gromit oh, okay, stuff, so. yeah. Um, the Were-Rabbits a good movie, but um, but Chicken Run, I think, is, is a really fun movie. Now, if you've seen, like, The Great Escape, there's a lot of Great Escape references in here, um, and that is basically the plot of the movies. They're trying to escape a chicken coop, where they okay. are you they are used for their eggs and also to make uh pies, uh chicken pies. And so like it's uh it's a lot of fun, but the one of the central parts of the plot is they actually build an airplane to try to escape uh from the coop. So uh lots of fun. High recommend and chicken run comes in at my number five. Um Susan, why don't you go next?
3: What do you got?
4: um mine's kind of a silly one but i really do enjoy it uh, it's uh, snakes on a plane
3: ah. nice. I, I, think that's, I was so close to putting it it's in it's, my honorable mentions
4: yeah i was torn between that and my honorable mention movie but i just think it's so much fun like i could it's a very rewatchable movie i mean come on that line with samuel L. jackson i'm sick mm-hmm. of these mm-hmm. like yeah. it's it's so good movie the snakes are the fakest looking things in the world yeah. but the thought of it is terrifying and it's um I don't know I mean there's not a whole lot to say about it it's just it's a lot of fun it's a that plane is super fancy by the way I've never been on a plane that has stories. stories you two
3: stories on it like it was like
4: Two story played. Wait, let me go on that one. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's a lot of fun. It has a decent enough storyline, and um, Samuel Jackson. So I,
2: I watched it once. I rolled my eyes a lot. I probably yeah. wasn't in the right place to watch it. I may enjoy it more if I watch it again. It does have the single best. Uh, PG thirteen dub of a line in the history of movies. Uh, that specific line you're talking monkey fighting. Yeah, I'm tired of these monkey the fighting. Monkey snake fighting snakes on, on this, this Monday. To, plane. No, on this Monday to Friday plane. Like it oh. is, it is hilarious. Um, well, so yeah. Sam
4: Jackson delivers it so well, yeah. and it's yeah, and it's a you have to go in. I went into it knowing it was a comedy to me. Like yeah. we, me and my friend, we just had a blast watching it.
3: Yeah, it's like somebody in Hollywood walked into an executive producer's office and you know, hey, you know, what would be fun. (laughs) (laughs) What if we gave a sci fi original film an actual blockbuster budget? (laughs) Right. And yeah. And like, so it's it'd be good. Like, no, it would be expensively bad and people will love us for it. And we do absolutely this is like like i said it was very close to being my number five yeah yeah
2: Yeah. uh andrew what is your number five airplane yeah i had that in my honorable mentions
3: yeah um i I love everything about this movie it's it that that uh that that abrams style of comedy you know the this just perfect these guys Mm -hmm. they We Aaron, I think you and I have talked about this before. <clears throat> this par- parody like uh, genre of comedy is what I'm missing like right mm-hmm. now in my life. Yeah. Um I think this like the scary movies, you know, they <coughs> kind of tapped into it, but because you know, it was them. Um but uh I, I, I really miss this over the top. I don't know who could do it though. I really that's that's my problem. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> I really don't know. But uh yeah, I mean, and there's. I, I think this, but going back, to this movie is beyond hilarious.
2: It's so great. I, I think the, the difficulty is we've almost advanced beyond the idea of parody because, uh, you know, the world around us is so weird it's sometimes. Parody, yeah. yeah, it's almost a parody of itself, and so anytime you know satire or parody, uh, kind of fully embraces what it is. It just it it just it falls you know a little a little flat. Well, so.
3: You say that, but didn't these movies come out like when Reagan was president? <laughs> yeah, but it was a different
2: era. Like there was a no, different. No, but
3: what I'm saying is like, I I think that you know we we say, and this is me, the 36 year old saying this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like you say that you know today's world we live in is so parody like. Mm-hmm. Is it is it that much more parody like than it was? You know, back then, or is yes. it just that we're more connected now? You think so? Reagan was an actor. S- S- and some, some, they-
2: from e, some from column some from A and Column B for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Reagan. Yeah, because Reagan was an actor. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't see that being different than, you know. Uh, okay i'm not gonna get political gonna. <laughs> i'll just stop right there but you know where i'm going with that uh, my question like, is oh is wait a second you... I,
2: i'm where am i oh, yeah. i need to go back i forgot I need to go where back. i was for a second
3: yeah <laughs> yeah i was <laughs> john we need to go back <laughs> all that to say like my 15 minute rant there airplane's funny
2: airplane is funny definitely Airplane's very funny. uh all right let's move on to our number fours uh this movie revolves around uh, an airplane crash and what happens after that crash. Uh, Castaway comes in at number four uh, for me. Uh, and one of, if not the best, uh, plane crash scenes in cinema history. It's such a, an incredible... That that stranding scene is done so, so well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, because
3: it goes from zero to 11 and... It's there. Mm-hmm. As soon as like the the air pressure, you know, gets mm-hmm. ejected while he's in the bathroom, it's it's a whole new like
2: yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh I really did cast away um just an a bravura performance from Hanks uh and some really good stuff. So taking I will, that off of my I will, list. I will never look at a, a volleyball or an ice skate the same way ever again. So oh, gosh. Yeah.
3: There needs to be a dentist office who's when you open the door, you have two hockey skates <laughs> as handles to open the door.
2: That's amazing. Amazing. Uh, Susan, what's your number four?
4: Um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's Flight Plan. I mm-hmm. uh, I watched that one a little later. Like I rented that one and i was pleasantly surprised with the with the twist at the time maybe if i rewatched it it wouldn't it would probably be pretty obvious but i remember being very blown away by the storyline um cuz uh it's a uh, it's peter Skarsgård in it right is it is that the Sarsgard. Mm-hmm. Sarsgard. i can't he's remember. not
3: related to all them swedish boys yeah right
4: right right yeah yeah because i don't think we know that he's does it, does it matter spoilers here <laughs>
2: yeah. it's an old enough movie i think you're saying yeah they're gonna yeah. spoilers like, for flight plan coming up
4: yeah i don't think i <laughs> caught that he was like bad or anything right away i'm sure I, maybe i would figure that out now and um but like the whole the reveal with her daughter and stuff like it really does get you like was mm-hmm. her daughter on that plane like what's going on yeah. Um, so anyways, I was just pleasantly surprised with that, and I think it's uh i I, I really love movies like that in general. I love not knowing what was real or uh, factual and then getting
3: the yeah. clear
4: answer at the end.
3: Mm-hmm. uh an unreliable narrator is like what this movie is, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm all about those type of movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a fun movie. It yeah. really is and, and yeah. I agree. This is one of those movies where I forgot about, but as soon as I looked it up, I'm like, oh yeah, I like that movie.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's again, these the two that I've mentioned, all rewatchable for me. I could pop yeah. it right now. I, mm. Yeah,
3: I could definitely watch Flight Plan right now. It'd be fun. Uh, Andrew, uh, what oops, do you got at number four? Me. This is where I have, okay, I gotta look, pull up the entire title because if I say just the first two words, then I'll get laughed at. So.
2: You mean Dr. Strangelove?
3: Dr. Sh- no. Nah, it's not Dr. Strange Love. It's Dr. Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Yes.
2: Yeah. That is yeah. that is the correct full title, for sure. Yeah.
3: I like Dr. Strange Love.
2: Speaking of <laughs> satire, man. Yeah,
3: yeah th- speaking of satire.
2: This movie yeah, this is, is how it's done. Like, yeah. I mean,
3: this is yeah, satire like where you're laughing at the end and then you have the re- realization, you're like <laughs> Oh, wait. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a movie that makes you realize how close one can be to satire sometimes. And that realization kind of like a, it takes the breath out of you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, uh, I love the fact that Peter Sellers does like eight characters in this movie. He always kills it. <laughs> yeah. They'll see the giant They'll see the giant war. <laughs> the giant war.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, (laughs) I recently rewatched this and, um, and it felt like the first time I'd, I'd seen it, but I'd seen so much of it that, um, maybe I thought I had seen it anyways. This is just spectacular Mm. satire. I mean, it's so precise, so well done, so well acted. Um, I think James
3: Earl Jones, I think watching of star Wars. Yeah. Right. (laughs)
2: Um, I think watching this recently is, um, one of the reasons. Uh, that I really gave myself to Don't Look Up last year and really, mm. really enjoyed it because mm. there's a lot of Dr. Strangelove DNA in Don't Look Up. Um, so, yeah, it felt like that same kind of satirical look at something uh, very uh, difficult. So, yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go.
3: I think that the difference is with Dr. Strangelove, you definitely feel the clock, Whereas in Don't Look Up, it felt, and I know the point of this movie is, you know, we think we can just keep uh, pushing it off, you know. Right. And that's the point of that movie. But I think that in turn, it makes it a less quickly paced movie like this one is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yep, Doctor yeah. Strangelove, or How I Learned to nice. I guess I should check it
4: out. I've never seen it, but
2: yeah, it's it's a it's a classic for a reason. Q, uh, Kubrick, right? Isn't it? It is Kubrick. It, yes, Stanley Kubrick. Yes, Stanley Kubrick. Um, Kubrick. Um, it's it's pretty incredible stuff.
3: It's uh, one of those movies where you don't realize you need it in your life until you've seen it. Yeah. Uh okay. all right, let's move on to our number 3s. Yes. Um
2: this is where I have First Man. Now you may say, "Wait, that's a spaceship movie." Um huh. for a lot of it it's an airplane movie. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and it's really interesting. In fact, I was I was reminded the first scene in Top Gun Maverick. I was reminded a lot of the first scene in First Man. Um, yeah. Very, very similar things <laughs> going on there.
3: Tom Cruise looking all toasty as he's walking out. It reminded me a lot of Ryan Gosling in this. Yeah. Movie yeah. All yeah. Um, yeah. Because a lot of this is about taking
2: those speed, you know, demons from the airplane world and going, hey, how do you feel about piloting the next (laughs) version of an airplane? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So uh, I really, really dig first man. I think it's very underrated. I think it it came at a time when people weren't ready for it. It is absolutely precise technical filmmaking and really beautiful and some great performances. Um, My love for Chazelle is well known and Mm. first man is, uh, is great stuff. So um, okay. give it another chance if you uh, if you haven't seen it. Uh, check it out. Uh, number, Susan. Th- number three for you, Susan.
4: I wonder if I'll get Trumped. I'm really surprised nobody's been Trumped yet. Uh, Tosca in the original.
3: No, no, I had it. In my honorable what? Mentions. It, was, it was in my honorable mentions. Very close. Wow. There's a lot of good playing movies. There's so yeah. many good playing. Movies. There really
4: was. There really was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just just because of the effect it had on like a uh, movie just cuz well where we are today we've just got so much better special effects but um and i heard is it true like like the enlisting for the navy like went up quite a bit after this movie sure. oh
3: yeah it I'm happens sure. a lot with movies like this. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah I bet it'll happen with uh, Maverick too. But um, we're
2: looking at a picture of the original Top Gun now, and I just why is Miles Teller in the background of that shot? I don't understand. <laughs> Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is is
3: Photoshop.
4: Yeah, I, like I said, as a kid, I really did. I, I, I enjoyed this movie, but um, well, I except for the goose's death. Like I said, yeah. uh, it just yeah. really I, Meg Ryan's tears like burned in my brain and that image in the water really stuck with me too but it was yeah. you know yeah. it was great
2: uh, good choice goose. good choice goose
3: uh um, andrew your number 3 yeah. Now, Susan, you said you were wondering where the Trumps are coming in. I have oh. a really strong feeling. My number three and number two are Aaron's number two and number one. Oh, okay. interesting. So, my number three is Catch Me If You Can.
2: Nope, in my honorable mentions. Wow, uh, really? You
4: know, I totally forgot well, no, no, about no, no, that. No, 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 no. It's mentions.
2: not in my honorable mentions. uh I just looked and I was like, wait, that's not that. I decided I didn't. Consider it a plane movie. That was mm. I, that was one where I was kind of on the line. Yes, he plays a pilot, but that's just like a piece of all the different things he does. Not, I'm not upset about anybody including it. Uh, I just decided not to. So
3: Okay. Yeah. I thought a good enough portion of this movie was focused on him yeah, wanting I to be a pilot. Fair. I think that's yeah, fair. Yeah, I think it's a fair one. Yeah, I think and so. And at the very end, that scene with him <laughs> and uh, Tom Hanks, and he's telling him that his dad died on the plane. Mm-hmm. Oh, it kills yeah. me every single time. Yeah. No,
2: this is a great movie. It definitely would have been in my top two if I if I decided to to count it. Yeah.
3: Okay. Well, don't worry, Susan, because I know for a fact my number two is his number one. So <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. It's, it's coming
2: uh i love the things that andrew thinks that he knows uh i'm
3: right a lot
2: you you are right but i think you're wrong in this case uh my number two is probably the same as andrew's number two my number two is united 93 um, oh wow yeah
3: it is Whoa.
2: so um so yeah i united 93 is we've talked about it many many times i've only watched it once i it's just it's just one of those i don't want to put in again and relive through because that mm-hmm. is the incredible nature of this movie is it feels like you are there. It, it is mm-hmm. incredible Paul Greengrass filmmaking. Um, it is such an important story to tell. It says something about humanity, about heroes, about what it, you know, um, about what it means. And uh, man, this movie is impressive. It's it's yeah. so well done. So yeah, it is my number uh, two for sure.
3: Speaking of number two, I um i also saw this movie only twice uh once the original time and then once uh on 9 11 it was uh playing on one of the uh like a i think hbo max or hbo mm-hmm. something like that and i watched it again and uh yeah like you said uh you only need to see it once or twice because it's going to stick with you for the rest of your life yeah uh, it's, uh, a, it's a
2: real thing that happened and it just takes yeah. such it just it takes such care with the situation and with the families, and it's just, it's incredibly done, yeah.
3: I think we talked about this not too long ago because we were comparing it to another movie that came out right around the same time that was also based on a 9-11 tra- was it the- uh, World Trade Center? Nick Cage, yeah, World Trade Nick Center movie, yeah. 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 And how how very uh, considerate this movie is because it didn't feel like it was trying to monopolize on the tragedy. Right. it felt respectful
2: Mm -hmm. yeah Um, yeah totally and it uses a lot of the the actual people who were there on that day in um uh ground control and uh air air traffic control and yeah and i
3: think some of the calls Mm -hmm. like that they're calling at the end are like the real calls and stuff so yeah Yeah, it's it's, yeah it's it's yes such a powerful movie rough um and i'm assuming that's
2: your number two as well andrew yes okay
3: uh i'm curious mm of what your number one is
2: yeah susan what is your number two
4: Um, well, mine is, uh, based on something that happened. It's funny because when it first, when I heard it was coming out, I was like, God, do we need another like sad plane crash movie? And it wasn't sad because it was Sully. And Mm. that was the first time I watched the movie and I was like, wow, it's really refreshing to see a film about like a a horrible, scary thing that happened, but everyone survived. Mm -hmm. Not one death happened. And it was just, like, kind of uplifting a little bit. It was like, you Mm -hmm. know, these – we don't always have to see – these true story movies don't always have to be a horrible disaster where Mm -hmm. somebody died and families were lost, all that stuff. It it can be something that you're like, hey, this this worked out pretty nicely. About a hero, in a way. Mm -hmm. And um, at the end of that with the real pilot, like, and all those – people at mm-hmm. the end like it gets me so emotional and i just think tom hanks is one of the best actors ever so anytime that he's playing anything he's just That's a hot phenomenal. take I'm
2: yeah <laughs> <up>. <laughs> this just in tom hanks good at right. acting. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly
4: <laughs> obviously yeah meryl <laughs> streep's really good too so um i don't know i i uh i just really love this movie it was in my top 10 that year and uh just something about two like You know, when the, you know, as people are getting on the plane and the crash is coming, you feel that like automatically you're just like, oh my God, this is so horrible. It's like when you're watching a war movie and you Mm -hmm. know people are going to die. And, but this one, they don't. And it's just like, oh my God, this is, this is so refreshing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I love this movie. It was in my honorable mentions for sure. Um, I think it's really well done. It, um, it has some great moments. Uh, I think it, it, um, makes it it movieizes the situation uh in a way that i find you know uh respectful and interesting and um yeah i i, I dig it i dig the real story i dig the movie as well um yeah. so yeah sully good choice
3: uh this just in tom hanks is a good actor also this just in <laughs> clint eastwood's a good director yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> true uh all right
2: uh let's go to our number ones yeah. uh my number one was a movie Where at first I was like, "Ah, I don't think this quite counts. And then I remembered, like, I have these uh, posters of all my favorite movies, my top 41 favorite movies that I have uh, on the wall that I had commissioned. And I had some, like, you know, uh, input into how they were designed, those kind of things or whatever. And literally one of the characters I chose to have on this poster was the airplane because it plays such a crucial role in a pivotal (laughs) scene of this movie. And I was like, okay. You can count it. You literally had the airplane put in the poster Uh, and the airplane is literally in the movie poster as well. It is north by northwest Um, and it is the the plane scene where he's getting chased, where he's getting chased. And one of the most iconic scenes in the history of cinema. Um, I love this movie. It's no secret that I'm a Hitchcock fan. Uh, It is my favorite Hitchcock movie. Um, it is just great storytelling. It's the best of those Hitchcock movies where it's like the wrong man accused kind of movie. He did a lot of those. Um, and Cary Grant is just so good in it. Um, I really love North by Northwest. So, yeah,
3: it seems like the grandest of all of Hitchcock movies that I've seen. Sure. Like it's yeah. it's like yeah. just the scale of it seems, mm-hmm. you know,
2: yeah, the Mount Rushmore stuff, all of it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got at number one, Susan?
4: Uh mine is I wasn't sure if I figured this counted but uh up in the air
2: It does. Yeah, I had it in my honorable yeah. mentions. Yeah. Uh mark
3: that one off my honorable
4: That mentions. was my uh favorite film of that year. Uh I just mm-hmm. love that movie so much just really because good. it I mean during that time when it was not long after the recession and everything so it 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 hits um, with the firing and everybody losing jobs, but I just really love the message of at the – especially at the end when all the people who like lost their jobs were like, you know, it's not – a, it's more important to have family and friends and – kind of a hard it's another like uplifting uh message there during a hard time and uh but uh, outside of that the performances are brilliant it's really well written and uh i don't know i just really love that
3: movie agreed the scene where uh he hits 10 million miles and then sam Elliott walks out to have a drink with him and you just see the look on uh his george clooney's face where he's like this is it like, this is really all I, I worked for, mm-hmm. and he realizes yeah. that that realization of the uh, the materialistic moment of it all mm-hmm. is just commercialized and it means nothing, mm-hmm. doesn't that realization? Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah, he wants, he, I mean, he goes after Vera Farmiga, he, he'd rather have that relation and relationship and uh, family, which that life. was
3: all sad too.
4: <laughs> so sad that that yeah. reveal, I was like, Yeah, Are you kidding me. Mm-hmm. But and then then uh, props to the Anna Kendrick character to like realize she couldn't even handle that.
2: So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yep, really great stuff. Good choice uh, up in the air and at number one for Susan. So Andrew, that brings us to your number one.
3: What do you got? Uh, let's go with the Martin Scorsese movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Let's go with the Aviator. The Aviator, yeah, yeah. Um, this is in my top hundred movies of all time. Um, yeah, we think of like uh characters like a steve jobs or uh elon musk you know today i think howard hughes was definitely one of those guys like uh back in the early 1920s through like the 40s or something when he was like i'm gonna build a giant plane and i'm gonna fly it uh like do you have know much about planes i got money (laughs) so i'm gonna do it right and he built a giant plane i think it was called the uh the spruce goose yeah no, I think this was the Goliath one. Where oh. Like, yeah. What was the Spruce um, Goose? Maybe I've just
2: got Goose on the brain because of Top Gun.
3: <laughs> goose. Goose. <laughs> pull, the, pull the lever, Goose. Um, no, I think this is where he built. I think his plane is called the Goliath where, mm. you know, where he built it. Like he built the whole thing and then he realized to get it. Are we talking about wanted- Howard Hughes?
2: Yeah, Howard Hughes. Yeah, the Spruce Goose. Yeah, Howard okay. Hughes and the Spruce Goose, um, but maybe maybe there was a different one. Maybe there were two.
3: Yeah, uh, I, I, I know that he like helped design like a very sleek, sleek plane. Like maybe that he was changed it. like the riveting and stuff like that. But he also built this ginormous plane. I think it was like parts of it were made out of wood um, because of the lighter buoyancy of it all. So the I'll Spruce to...
2: the Spruce Goose still holds the record for the largest seaplane, the largest wooden aircraft, and the largest propeller plane ever built.
3: Okay. So that then that that is is the same thing that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, you also get a a look in like his demons and stuff like his germophobia, Mm -hmm. his schizophrenia and stuff like that. And I think that just DiCaprio, this is like right around that time where I realized like, oh, no, DiCaprio is going to be an amazing actor. Because I'll I'll go ahead and admit, like back in the days, I thought he was just a a dream boy, you know, and that's all he was ever going to be. But then he did uh, The Beach. And then he did this, and it was right around this time. I'm like, okay, yeah, I take it back, Leo. You got some acting chops. And then, surprisingly, you know, however many years later from now it is, he's probably considering like, one of the greatest actors alive right now. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, yeah, uh, good choice, definitely a good choice. Um, I only have one honorable mention left, uh, okay. and that was Hot Shots, uh, which has already been mentioned uh, mark that well. today. Um, <laughs> But uh, what about you guys, Susan? Did you have any honorable mentions?
4: Uh, outside of what you all mentioned, uh, Final Destination was.
2: Oh was torn yeah, good that choice. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I just that. Oh my god, it made me scared to ever ride a plane. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, that that scene. I mean, that original, the first Final Destination is such a great movie.
2: I think it's good. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Andrew. What about you? Any other honorable mentions for you?
3: Yeah, I got sick here okay um, i'll start off it. with i'll start with what i think a lot of people would say is the quintessential plane movie and that's air force one sure you know, yeah um you know you got gary oldman versus harrison ford and that famous line aaron take it away uh i don't remember get off my plane. <gasps> <laughs> clutch my pearls clint eastwood or not clint Eastwood. harrison ford looking right in gary oldman's eyes and he goes get off my plane oh Oh, it was that it was that line i didn't realize it was that
2: iconic yeah yeah
3: oh yeah um another one con air Mm. just fun fun movie planes trains and automobiles such a funny movie and then i was not expecting that tearjerker at the ending Mm -hmm. gets me every single time uh flight uh this is the denzel washington movie sure It, it, it everything is taking place after the plane incident. But I think it's, it's all about that one moment. So, uh, 7,500, this is a movie that came out. Oh, um, uh, three, four years ago. It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie. Mm -hmm. Was it
4: even that long ago? I thought it was like two years ago.
3: Yeah. Oh, it could, it could be two years ago. Yeah. All I remember is, yeah, time has no meaning anymore. (laughs) Um, but I will say that, uh, this is a movie that, uh, was definitely uh, below the radar i'm not trying to do a plain pun here but yeah. it was a uh, a lot of people missed out and i think it's a it's it's a rough it's a rough watch because it deals yeah. with some like crazy stuff mm-hmm. but i think that it's very well acted and the the suspense and intensity lasts throughout the entire movie and it just continues to build until the credits roll yeah. uh final one that i'm going to mention is speaking of tom hanks the terminal Technically, never takes place on a plane, always in the airport, but uh, you see planes in every shot, pretty much, so I'm counting it. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely yeah. done.
2: Uh, there you go. Those <coughs> are our plane movies. Um, Let's move on to Buried Treasure. Susan, you're the yeah. guest, so you get to go last. Andrew, kick us off with your Buried Treasure this week.
3: Okay. So, you know how I've said for a couple of years now that Letterkenny is the funniest show on television, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, well, they just had a their second, I guess, technically second, uh, branch off show series okay. about one of the characters called Shorzy, and uh, it just dropped on who? I think Stranger Things came out the same day. Obi Wan, Shorzy, how so much
0: and, is out right now? Like, yeah,
3: yeah. I, th- I think one more show came out too, but uh, they all dropped on the same day. Um, and the first one I watched out of all of them, all of them was Shorzy. It was the first one. A uh, very quick pick. It's uh, all about this. Uh, Letterkenny is a, a little small like town in Canada, like a right. little, uh, rustic town. And it's just all about the crazy characters that li- live there. One of the craziest characters was a guy named Shorzy. Uh, he was a hockey player there uh, at the end of last season. Uh, he decides to go up north and uh, play hockey for uh, a new team. Uh, it's funny because Jared Kiso is the main actor in Letterkenny, and he plays two characters. One is the main character and he does the voice for this character. Shorty, who was mm. always like, uh, do you remember in home improvement, Bob, he was the neighbor. You never saw his face or anything like that. Yeah, Wilson. Yeah. Or, or Al, Al. I thought that? it was Wilson. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was Wilson. It could be Wilson. It's been yeah. a hot minute since I've seen home improvement, Wilson. but, uh, <laughs> But it's it's the same as the Wilson character. You never saw his face or anything. Well, now it's a show all about him up north. And it is so funny. Not as funny as nice. Letterkenny, but it's really, really good. I enjoyed it thoroughly.
2: Very nice. Cool. Um, my buried treasure is Better Call Saul. First um, half of season six. Uh, finally got I a chance.
3: Six seasons?
2: Yeah. Um, this is the best made show on TV. Period. Like, I don't have a problem saying it. Like, in my opinion, I've never seen wow. television this incredible. I think Vince Gilligan is a genius. Um, I think this yeah. is as good, if not better, than Breaking Bad. Um, uh, I just, I love all the performances. Ray Seahorn is absolutely astonishing uh, in this show. This show did something in the first seven episodes, and then there'll be a break before the final seven. Um it's like that thing, you know, Ocean's Eleven is a good example of this where there's a plan, a con, or a heist or that kind of thing. And the movie does a really good job at showing you like 60% of the plan, but then saves like 40% of the plan for actually while it's happening and you're learning stuff about it. Um, this yeah. this has a version of that in the first seven episodes that is one of the best versions of that I've ever seen. Um, it's so much fun. So interesting. And at the same time, the show is balancing real difficult uh, things in their world with uh, cartels and the drug trade and different things that uh, Saul has gotten himself involved in. And it really is the transformation of this character uh, from uh, Jimmy McGill to Saul Goodman and what that means in his life. And... um, it's really impressive how much table setting has been done in the first couple seasons that is paying off uh, in uh, season six. So uh, huge huge recommend if you haven't uh, invested in better Call Saul, I think it's some of the best television ever made. So yeah, check it out. nice. Uh, Susan mm. your buried treasure. what do you got?
4: Um, I picked candy on Hulu, the miniseries starring Jessica Beale. I. Mm. Had have you guys watched this? No, it's no, on my list. I highly recommend it. I had no idea about this story, and it happened in DFW in Wiley, Texas, <laughs> which is insane. It happened in like 1980 or something like that, and uh, the story itself is just just crazy. That like this woman essentially got away with murder. I feel like I don't know if that if this happened in today's world, the the fact that she She was friends with uh, Betty Gore, who is played by Melanie Linsky's character, Mm -hmm. and she had an affair with her husband, but they were friends, and supposedly, when she went to go pick up her daughter's swimsuit from Betty Gore's house, there was an altercation, they got in a fight, and it led to uh, Candy Montgomery hitting her with an axe 41 times, which is like... (laughs) Uh, and, and somehow she claims it as self-defense. It's I good just number. don't know. It's a good number of uh, times,
2: 41. It's a good, it's a good yeah, number of times. It's, it's like, Something about that I, number.
4: Yeah, I just, I don't know. Um, I, and the thing that infuriates you is that uh, Betty Gore had a baby at the time, and she left that baby there for 13 hours. That baby was unattended to. Luckily, the, the child's okay, but the fact that that alone, she didn't get some sort of punishment for that mm-hmm. like is insane she was able to say self-defense but I'm like you left a baby like I'm tell you like thank God the baby was okay but uh there's just so much about that that story that's just mind-boggling and tells you something about the justice system like then because I like I said especially in Texas I'm like mm-hmm. I don't think that stuff flies in Texas now yeah. but um the performance I have never seen Jessica Beale at that level of acting I, I can't think of anything mm-hmm. that she's been that good in uh yeah she's phenomenal in this and uh you know melanie lenski to me is always great but she's She's
3: had a good her her two current running shows i guess are really good (laughs) Mm
4: -hmm. yeah she's she's great yeah she's had a good like couple last two years
3: yellow jackets is so good
4: that's what i hear um but yeah she uh i just i really it's only five episodes I watched it in like one night because I couldn't stop practically. Mm-hmm. So highly recommend.
3: There you go. That is I'm looking c- at this cast here. Uh, yeah, Pablo Schreiber and I think I saw Justin Timberlake. Justin
4: there. Timberlake. Her. Oh, nice. Well, actually, what's funny is both of their husbands are in it because Jason Ritter's in it too. Oh,
3: yeah.
5: interesting. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, they're fun. both
4: like cops, and they're like it's just funny because they're like, "Hey, so my wife killed your wife," kind of thing. It's just what you're thinking. <laughs>
2: that's amazing Uh, that is Candy available on Hulu Better Call Saul is on AMC and Shorzy also available on Hulu Uh, we did it guys we managed to do a podcast congratulations uh, to everyone involved your trophies are on the way just kidding Thanks so much for joining us today for Cif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media. Um, big thanks to many people who've helped out today, including Andrew, who hangs out with us every week.
3: Oh, hi. Hey. <laughs>
2: Thank you very much, Cody. Uh, big thanks to producer Phil for helping produce the audio and video show.
3: Thanks, Will.
2: Thank you. Um, And a thank you to Susan for hanging out with Woo. us uh, again Thanks. this week. Always love having you on the show. Where can people find you on the internets?
4: You can find me at thischicksflicks.com. Um, Thischicksflicks uh, on Instagram and uh, Twitter. And I always say you can Google me. You'll find me
2: yeah uh this (laughs) chicks flicks is with x for chicks and flicks so uh, just so you know if you're searching this to find all susan's stuff uh appreciate you thanks for being on the show again. it's always great to to hear your voice uh i want to thank our members who make this possible uh have mentioned them and that support starts at three dollars a month and you can check out all the fun little perks that you get there. That is at patreon.com sifpop You can also uh, connect with us by leaving a comment, a rating, or a review wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts or otherwise. And if you've got any feedback you want to send us, get this, you can send it to feedback at sifpop.com. Uh, Finally, if you're having a good time, your movie loving friends will probably like the show, too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than jumpstarting an F-14 that's been in storage for 36 years. Um, We will be back next week with more movie reviews um, and more fun. So we will see you then. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple.